Morning, everyone. Welcome back. We continue over here in Der Hashem, coming uh, coming your way a beautiful Wednesday morning here in the Summerton community Kailo of Summerton, Philadelphia. And we are in Der Hashem. Where are we? We are Chelik Dalid, Perek Bays, Simon Vav. And oh no, do we leave all the Der Hashem's across the street? They're all across the street. Okay. Are they all still across the street? It looks like they're all still across the street. That's what we just discovered. Yeah, the Sforim. Okay, so t- today we'll have to be a little bit of Tarsha Ba'alpeh. So we continue over here, Derech Hashem, Dawid, Beis, Vav. And the Ramchal is in the middle of telling us how one needs to learn Torah, for the Torah to affect him, and um, how Torah can be, unfortunately, mislearned and misapproached in such a way that the Torah is not really going to have any effect on you. Let, let, let's summarize what we've seen so far, just to get the ins and outs over here. I think we're going to take it further today. Um, the opening idea in this parak was that when a Yitzhah learns Torah, you're engaged in an experience which is not just information gathering, which is not just intellectually stimulating. You are at one with Hashem. And you're, you're, you are in contact with the infinite Himself, blessed be He, the Rebbein Shalom Yisbarach in such a way that 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 uh, is only this experience is only possible through learning, not through mitzvahs even, not through the lulav and Ezra, not through sitting in the sukkah, not through making kiddush Friday night. All these can give you elevation, kedusha. But learning one word of Torah about the sukkah gives you more kedusha than seven days worth of sitting in that sukkah with all the kavanis, all the all the the the, the highest and holiest kavanis you can possibly muster. And the reason for that is because Torah is, the close that we can get to Hashem Himself, it is, so to speak, Hashem's outline. It's Hashem's clothing, we said. It's Hashem's wardrobe, Hashem's outline. Whereas mitzvahs is Hashem's outline and clothing, placing things down here. Torah is Hashem's outline all the way up there, and, and I can put myself in that outline. I put my mind within that outline. I wrap my head around that outline. I'm at one with Hashem's outline, Hashem's wardrobe, Hashem's ripples which is surrounding Hashem Himself. Any degree of being engaged with any aspect of Torah does this to me. The more I'm engaged, the more it's doing it, because the more I'm thinking and processing and, and struggling to understand, the more I'm putting myself up there in that outline, obviously. And that's why you see that Torah does change people. Torah shapes people. Torah, Torah affects people. In Oshkayich, Rabbi Hafni should be Gebenched. Here we go. And we are in Dalid. Beis Vav. Dalad Beis Vav. Um, and, you know, you see this. You see how... Uh, I, I had the, the schus of, of uh, being, a, being a Rebbe in age for many years. And you see this again and again and again. People coming off the streets. People coming wild and unruly and unshaven and unshorn. You know, people came in with piercings and earrings and, and hair all over the place, and not just, you know, we respect all Yidden, no matter how, how, how colorful they may be, but I'm not just talking about, you know, in an outward sense, the the, the, the colorful outward sense presentation, but most of the time they would go hand in hand with a kind of a, an inward um, chaos. Someone would walk into the yeshiva like this, um, just really very all over the place and very disconnected from 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 kedusha, disconnected from all matters sacred, disconnected from 
from um, the holiness and and um, loftiness of what Yiddishkeit's all about, what Torah are all about. And they found their way to Aish. They were searching. They were looking for meaning in their lives. They came with a lot of emptiness. And, you know, again, when you're coming from such a background, coming from such a culture, that, that very much affects who you are, how you talk, how you think, how you relate to people. And, you know, a lot of rough edges made their way into the base medish through the doors of that hallowed yeshiva. And you would see how over time, and a lot of times it didn't take a very long time, these rough edges get smoothed out. And it's not just, you know, people drop the piercings and, 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 and trim their hair and, and shave themselves and make themselves, you know, start to dress a little bit more menschlich. That's all outward stuff. That's easy to do. But you would see again and again, I would see, people would see, you would see it was very clear and, 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 uh, and apparent on an inward level also. Changes were taking place. The rough edges were being smoothed out. The people were becoming more refined. These people were becoming more refined, more pleasant, speak differently, conduct themselves differently, interact with people differently, with a menschlichkeit, with a softness, with a gentleness, with a pleasantness. And that is the effect of bonding with the infinite, with the Rebunshalim through his Torah. It rubs off on you, it shapes you, it develops you, it refines you. That's what Ramchal keeps referring to. When a Yid is sitting and learning, he's connected with Hashem's energy, Hashem's Shef, Hashem's Iris, and, and it will affect you. It's going to rub off on you. And, you know, you, you go into the shower, you come out clean. You are, so to speak, dressed up in Hashem's clothes as Hashem himself is wearing them. You're, you're putting yourself in in the in the ripples of Hashem, as Hashem is right there in the center, I'm right there by Hashem. I'm getting Hashem's vibrations. I'm getting Hashem's warmth and energy. So of course that that rubs off and that affects you. And again, in in, in, a, in a solid Balshuva yeshiva, you see this so apparently so in such a clear and apparent and palpable way. And really, in any yeshiva, you know, got any yeshiva, get the the, the massment of the yeshiva who's learning properly, and you see you're dealing with someone that. Nine out of ten times is refined, is Edel Erluch, a, 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 a person who's smooth and is relating to other people, whose who's, uh, Torah has clearly shaped him and molded him within the, the shape and the mold of the Torah itself, which is the shape and the mold of the Rebunshal himself, of refined character traits and refined Midas. That's just on the outside, what we immediately see a person being connected to the the, the, the energy of Torah, the chef of Torah, the Oris of Torah, that, that your person gets from constant connection and continual immersion in Torah study. At the same time, we saw something scary yesterday. We saw that there's no guarantee from just the learning itself. And that's what we're in the middle of learning through here in the Ramchal. Conditions that have to be met for this to work. Because yes, it's true that when someone is immersed in Torah study. The Torah will develop and change and refine him, but only when he's immersed in bona fide, authentic Torah study. There's a way of studying the Torah where you're not really connected to Torah. There's a way of learning where you're not living. And that's what we saw yesterday. What was that? What was that? That, that condition, that critical condition has to be met, that a person doesn't can learn without meeting? That was my attitude towards the Torah. How do I relate to the Torah? Do I see the Torah as is it's sort of a starting point, something that's that's uh, a way above me, greater than me, awesome and intimidating, and I approach it with yira. I, my my 
my my starting point is respect and 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 and, and awe for Hashem's Torah. It's bigger than me. It's greater than me, and I machnir myself to it. I'm about to myself to it. I approach with humility. Then this will work. This will raise me because I'm allowing the Torah to to be what it really is, which is um, Torah's Hashem Cheftoi. My desires to bond with Torah's Hashem. Hashem, it's your Torah, and I'm so small, I'm so insignificant. And that leads me to Gilu, we saw yesterday, that leads me to rejoicing when I see I can't bond with it, I can't connect with it. Where that's Kishmak, that's amazing. But if a person approaches Torah, not that way, and we saw two, two different examples how you can approach Torah without that hachno, without that submission, without that humility. Either I approach it in, in a very, like, with, 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 with silliness, where I'm making jokes about everything, everything is as chuckles, everything is laughs, everything is giggles. This name is a little funny. Oh, they were talking about this ca- crazy situation, a crazy case. Wow, what a crazy case. I never heard of something so silly, something so crazy. I approach it with callous rage, with silliness. There's, that, that is a, a conflict to the COVID rage, to respect and to the awe. Oh, how can I have awe for something? How can I make it godly? How can I make it greater than me? When it's, it's, it's almost a mockery when it's, even if not a mockery, if it's just silly and giggling. And the other way of, of thwarting that, the other way a person could approach a Torah without that humility, that, that submission, is when he comes in with too much of himself. We saw that also. He comes in with, with this confident swagger, he comes in pumped and full of his own ideas, pumped and full of his own confidence, pumped and full of, 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 of um, his own uh, arsenal of Torah knowledge, and th- that's how he hits the ground in his learning. Then again, he's not going to get the refining process of Torah. He's not going to get the energy of Hashem. He's not going to get the iris of Hashem because he's not approaching Hashem. He, he's, he's just pulling the Torah down to himself. He's already great. He already feels so good about himself. And he's allowing the Torah to be part of his greatness. As opposed to, the Torah is much greater than me and I want to approach the Torah's greatness. No, no, I'm great. I'm amazing. I know so much. I want to share with everybody how much I know and I'm pulling the Torah down to me. The Torah has the privilege and you all have the privilege of, of, of tapping into how great I am. When, when that's the approach as well, there's no starting point of Yira. And even if a person feels like, wow, this is Gishmak. I love learning. I love learning. It could be he really just loves himself. It's a scary thing. But you see this in yeshivas also. People that looks like, wow, oh, Gishmak, Gishmak. But their gishmak is not coming from the gilu bira'ada that we saw yesterday, from the rejoicing, the, the, the ecstasy that comes after the yira, after the awe. No, it looks, again, they, they, they're having a gishmak, but the gishmak is a gishmak from themselves. A gishmak from themselves. They, they approach the seder, they approach the chavrusa, they approach the base medish, all, you know, confident and, and brimming with, with, with their, Baruch Hashem, their knowledge and their ideas and their, and their belief in themselves. And the Torah just became a vehicle for them to share all of themselves with, with everybody else. That's the Gilu, but not with the Ra'ada. That's the Gishmak, and that's the celebration, but without the foundation of humbleness and humility and awe. And again, that's also not going to work in terms of pulling down to us, the iris and the chef of Torah, the, the beauty of Torah, the, 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 more than the beauty, the, 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 um, the, the, the kedusha, the holiness, and the elevation of Torah, it's not going to elevate him, it's not going to refine him, it's not going to change him, not going to develop him, because he's not approaching Hashem's Torah, he's not approaching 
something that's greater than him. I can only become greater if I approach something that's greater than me. I'm only approaching something that's greater than me. If I start off by understanding that I'm so small, Torah is so great and, and awesome and unfathomable, and Hashem, let me understand even a little bit. And we keep saying again and again and again, every Seder has to be started this way. That's why we have these Yeratsans over here. That's why we have the Maida'anis over here. That's why we have the whole, the whole system is set up in such a way that if we do it properly, we start off our learning with Yira. When it starts off with Yira, Torah is greater than me. I'm tiny. I'm infinitesimal. And then the Torah can make me great. If I start with how great I am, the Torah just became another Hechatimsa for everyone to see how great I am. And then, and, and, and yeah, we'll learn and we'll feel Gishmak, but the Gishmak is coming. It's a trefa Gishmak. Everybody understand that? There's something, something as a trefa Gishmak in learning. Not every Bachar, it's a scary thing to say this, and not every younger man that you see cocking and all pumped and all energized in, in the yeshiva is necessarily the enthusiasm that's coming from above. It may be enthusiasm that's coming from down below, way, way down below from within. From, from, from the enthusiasm of, 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 of zichalein, of, of, of oneself. Not the enthusiasm of, I really, I'm, 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 I'm energized. I'm, I'm connected to the, the, you know, the power station of the infinite. That's also a gishmak. That's all, and that's the gishmak that we want. It, it could be one of two different gishmaks that's going on there in the base medrash. So that's all in terms of condition number one. If we want Torah to develop us, if we want to be channeling the Kedusha and the Tahara, the energy, the, the Iris, the chef of Torah, we have to really be channeling Torah. And to be channeling Torah, the condition number one is approaching Torah with year with awe, making it Torah's Hashem, then it becomes Torah's Zoy, making it something that's greater than me. Now let's see condition number two. That's Vav. Dalit Beis Vav. Condition number two. Ba'atanai Hasheni. Condition number two, that has to be met if we want our Torah study to really affect us, change us, if we want to be receiving Hashem's energy, Hashem's illumination, Hutikan Hamaisa. That is, we have to come as we find people. We have to be, we have to approach our learning as people that are doing the right thing. People that have good track records. People that are not towing behind ourselves, you know, um, uh, a, a, lot, a lot of, 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 uh, activities and behaviors that are, 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 um, in opposition to our learning. Which means the final. Let's see the Ramchal explain. A yid wants to get hashpa from Hashem. He wants to get this highest level experience of high, the highest level godly energy possible that comes through learning. Highest level refinement. So if he really wants that, He's got to make him somebody, he's got to make himself someone who can be godly. Right? I have to make myself someone that can receive, you know, uh, um, it, it can be on the receiving end from Hashem, if I want to receive Hashem's godliness. Um, you want to you wanna get a full tank of super unleaded, you know, you have to make sure that you have a number of things. You have to make sure you have a gas tank. I have to, have to make sure I have the right vehicle. I can't pull up um, in a, you know, in a, in a truck that only takes diesel and ask for the super unleaded, or I can't pull up in a truck that only takes unleaded and ask for the diesel. It's, 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 I, just, I, I can't receive that. I have to be someone that is capable of receiving what Hashem has to give. If I'm a person that outside of my learning, I really have no regard for what Hashem wants. Outside my learning, I'm really not interested in Hashem's instructions. 
I do Averis left and right. I'm not careful about what I eat. I'm not careful about what I do on Shabbos. I'm not careful about what I say. What goes into my mouth, what comes out of my mouth. I'm not really careful about any of these things. I don't really care. I don't care about what Hashem has to tell me. And, and therefore, I estrange myself from Hashem. I distance myself from Hashem. I drift. I veer away from Him. And I, I, I outside the base Medish, I have a lot more in common with Kaychas HaTom, with Kaychas HaRa, with all things that are foul, abominable, everything that's opposite to Hashem. Vada'i she'yei Omer boy, it'll certainly be sound to such a person, to the Rosh Omer, l'ki malach ol'asapra chukai pasuk and tehillim, to the evil one, to the wicked one, God says, what business do you have, what place do you have to discuss my holy statutes, my holy Torah? V'chein omru chazal, chazal said, kolom alam al'atamot she'yei nohogan, kilu zayrik evin lamar koilis, do you teach Torah to a student who is not worthy of te- being taught, like a, someone who, in practice, he doesn't care about what the Torah has to say? It's like you're throwing a rock at, you're erecting a monument to Avodazoro. You're just building up a monument, a testimony to idolatry. A guy like this, that in his learning, is learning stark. When he's learning, he's learning, wow, he's the biggest master in the yeshiva. Outside the base marriage, outside the yeshiva, outside the Dalat Amas, of the base matters, the Kaisle Hayeshiva, he is the biggest bum, he doesn't keep anything. His learning won't pull anything down to him from Hashem's Shefa. You won't get anything out of his learning. He's not going to have any connection with Hashem. He has no um, attachment and no bonding at all with Hashem's energy, Hashem's essence. Hashem's warmth and heat that a person gets when he's learning, he doesn't get any of that, and the Torah is not going to elevate him, refine him, and, and give him any godliness. Now, let's just uh, pause for a moment. The the idea here is a very frightening one, but a very obvious one, and, and, and the Ramchal basically spells the whole thing out for us, why this is the case and how this works. I love this, but let's just, let's just put it together. Again, here's the second condition that we really need to see met and fulfilled if we're going to get anything out of our learning. Sitting and learning, engaging in Torah study is going to, again, confer upon us Hashem's godliness. And the second condition is, I have to be somebody that's godly. I have to be someone who's trying to be godly on my own time. If I'm someone who's already trying to be godly on my own time, then when I'm connected to godliness, that plugs right in, and that raises me and affects me. But if I'm on my own time, I'm doing that essentially what that means is I'm someone who's not trying to be godly. I'm not trying to be a godly fellow. I'm not trying to be a godly person. I'm not trying. I'm not someone who is trying to emulate Hashem. And 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 um, I'm not someone who's interested in, ha- in what Hashem's interested in. My values are not Hashem's values. So in in practice and in existence, I'm someone who is very very far away from Hashem. As Ramchal said, I've drifted. I'm diametrically opposed. So I'm opposed to the person who's so opposed to Hashem then learning Torah cannot elevate. You can't make me godly because you're, well, let's take any on one of the above Mishalim, but all the Mishalim are correct and accurate after Mishalim for this. Again, if it's like, if I'm not concerned to... Um, have the, the, the vehicle which, which, uh, you know, has the gas tank, which is, um, which, um, which, which corresponds to what they're giving out at the pumps over there, you know, then I can have 
all the credit in the world, all the cash in my pocket, and all the time at, to spend at that gas pump, but I just can't get gas from the, 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 the gas t- pump into my car. I don't have anything on the receiving end. It, it, it's like that. It's like, you know, I, I'm grasping that extension cord of Hashem through His Torah, extension cord that goes all the way to Hashem Himself. There's energy, there's power coming through these power lines, but I, I don't have anywhere to plug it in. I don't have the socket. I don't have the 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 uh, correct socket. I'm not wired to get plugged into this because in practice, I've made myself very distant from Hashem. So I don't have the socket. I don't have any place to connect to this. I'm someone that's that's in opposition to the Rebbein Shalom. Kodesh Baruch is giving 220 and I'm 110. Kodesh Baruch is AC and I'm DC. The two opposites. You know, there's, there's no converter. There's nothing to bridge that gap. Nothing to bridge that gap over here because I've made myself someone Who's on the wrong voltage? I've made myself someone who's on the wrong on the wrong currency. I made myself someone who has the wrong tank, the wrong fittings. I can't get anything from that. I'm grabbing onto the hose, grabbing onto the extension cord. That's shosh and I'm always learning, learning and learning and shockling and shockling and shockling. But I have no connection. I have no connective device over here. Why? Because I've made myself in a different corner of the universe than where the Torah is. So this is the second chisarin, the second shortcoming, the second flaw a person can have in not being able to connect to learning. So just to summarize, there's two potential areas, uh, two potential flaws and shortcomings that can happen to a person that will, will, will generate a situation where Torah just didn't do anything to him. Torah didn't affect him. And one can be where I don't relate to the Torah as being godly. Not a problem with my own practice. I could be the most erlichi in the world. I could keep everything. But I just don't relate to the Torah as something that's godly, that's big. I'm not mavatal myself to the Torah. I'm not machnia myself to the Torah. That's the first uh, condition again. I don't make myself humble. I don't relate to the Torah as something greater than me, bigger than me. And again, that's either because I'm, I'm, I make it silly, I make it, I make it uh, juvenile, I, 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 I don't take it seriously, or I come in too pumped and too full of myself to make it godly. Because there I can't get anything from it because I have to negate myself, submit myself to the Torah. The problem is there in terms of the submission, in terms of making the Torah great and huge and grand. And the second condition, the second shortcoming flaw a person can have is where there's a disconnect. Now, the Torah is amazing. The Torah is grand and grandiose and huge and amazing, but I am someone that can't click, can't, I'm not compatible. I'm incompatible with the Torah. There's an incompatibility because Torah and its energy, its shaft that it gives me is about, all about godliness I'm not a godly person. So I, I can't, I have the wrong tank. I have the wrong wiring. I don't have the right outlet for that extension cord to get plugged in. I'm incompatible. Okay, so very clear over here, very clear. In Lumbus, there could be one of two potential flaws. It could be a person that can have both flaws. It, it can be a problem in terms of incompatibility, where I am opposed to Hashem. I am opposed to Torah. I may love to learn, but in practice, I have nothing to do with the learning. So I'm incompatible. Torah's not going to do anything to me. The Hashem, Hashem's Torah is not giving me a connection with Hashem. And the other problem is not the incompatibility one, but the, the relationship. How do I relate to it? I'm not relating to it as something that's huge, as something that's, that's godly, that, that, that's grand. I'm relating to something that's, that's, I'm bigger than the Torah. That's not incompatibility. That's a failure to submit to the Torah. So now we have a question that has to be asked, which the Ramchal is going to deal with in the second half of this paragraph. We, we have time to see that now. The question that has to be asked then is, um, actually maybe we'll save for tomorrow, but let me speak out the question. The question is, we know Chazal famously said in many places, famously, famously said in many places, that um, even if someone's off the derech, 
Even if someone's not keeping anything anymore, he should still learn Torah. Gemara and Yuma, that Hashem was upset by the Churban Beis HaMikdash. It said, the, 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 It says in uh, Yirmi, I think, right? In one of the Haftaris that we say during the three weeks, Hashem laments the state of Kleiso right before the destruction of the, of, of, of the Beis HaMikdash. Hashem says, look, they've abandoned me. They've abandoned me. Um, they, they don't keep my Torah and they've abandoned me. And the Gemara tells us that within this lament was a hidden message where Hashem was saying, it wouldn't be so bad, I'd be prepared if they would just abandon me as long as they would still be connected to learning. How I would wish for the, the Yidin, even if they're going to abandon me, let them at least keep learning Torah. Let them keep learning Torah. Even if they'll abandon me, says the Gemara. Why? The, the lichtikite, the light and the fire of Torah would eventually bring them back. There's a Gemara like this. A Gemara like this. That Torah, Torah has a power to bring Yidin back even if they abandon me. There's another Gemara that says it's always better to learn Shaloi Lushma. We just had this in... Uh, in, in, in Psachim, we just had this, that um, obviously the ideal is to learn L'Shem Shemaim, to learn L'Shema, to learn for the right reasons. But says the Gemara, it's, it, even if you can't muster the uh, the ability to learn for the right reasons, at least to learn for the wrong reasons. Learning for the wrong reasons will come to bring you to learn for the right reasons. There's, there's, there's numerous Gemaras like this where we seem to see that the Torah has some kind of property that even if I'm learning it for the wrong reasons, even if I'm learning it and I've abandoned God, the Torah eventually will bring me back. That seems to go against everything the Ramchal is telling us. Because what the Ramchal said, that if I learn Torah without any submission to God, without any negation to God, it's just like learning another science. It's like learning another subject. I, I strip Torah away from God, it's like learning astronomy, like learning physics, it's like learning mathematics. It's, it's just a dry, empty, hollow subject. And we just saw today that if I learn Torah and I'm, in my own spare time, I'm not godly, Again, I'm not getting anything out of it. There's no compatibility. There's a lack of compatibility. I can't be on the receiving end. The turret's not plugging into me. And nothing's going into the gas tank. I'm not going anywhere. It seems very clear from how the Ramchal is setting it up that either you're learning Torah or you're not learning Torah. If you're not learning Torah because you haven't met these conditions because I'm doing it for myself or because I've abandoned God, then I'm not getting anything from the Torah. So how is that to be reconciled? How do we make sense of all these statements of Chazal that Chazal do say seemingly the opposite, that even if I'm learning Torah for the wrong reasons, I'll, I'll come to learn Torah for the right reasons. Even if I abandon God, the Torah will bring me back. How does that happen if I'm not hooked up with anything? So that means Hashem we will see tomorrow. We'll continue. We'll see the second half of tomorrow. And everyone should have a wonderful today.